This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. This is Eric Handberg, and welcome to another episode of We Art Tacoma. We're going to do a little Opera 101 today, and we're going to talk to opera singer Ksenia Popova, who will be performing in uh, the Tacoma Opera's production of uh, Lucia di Lammermoor. And wait till you hear me butcher that later. <laughs> Nicely done now, though. Thank you. Let's go to the interview. Okay, we are here uh, for We Art Tacoma, and our guest today is Ksenia Popova, who's going to be in Tacoma uh, Opera's production of uh, Lucia de Lammermoor. Maybe, uh, Ksenia, you can tell me how to pronounce that. (laughs) Sure, it's Lucia de Lammermoor. Okay, thank you so much. uh, We'll let your pronunciation stand. Welcome to to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This is exciting. So uh, before we get to that show, um, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself. When did you discover opera? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I was sort of, I was at least born into the arts and the performing aspect. Um, both of my parents were ballroom dancers, and they were actually nine-time Russian champions. So they were pretty great. Um, and wow. I'd like to think that they had like a friend of theirs or someone that at some point when my mom was pregnant was like, we visited a psychic and they said that you're going to have an opera singer and not a, a dancer. And they were like, that's crazy, but here we are. <laughs> um, so that's like the main story that I have on that. But I, I started taking lessons when I was 11 years old and I think it was about 14 years old. And I was like, I want to, I want to sing opera. And I think mostly for the costumes, but also I love the music and since then have have gone down this path and kind of explored other directions of it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I was a little weird. I don't know many 14-year-olds that decide they want to sing opera. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really interesting. Why, why opera, do you think, and not um, you know, musical theater or, or some other kind of singing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say that like, I feel like my gateway drug was musical theater and and some of like the opera stuff that happened. And I'm sure that, you know, 12 year old me bringing in recordings of Josh Groban to my voice teacher was just like the biggest annoyance to her, but it was <laughs> such a, a gateway into that sort of style of singing. Um, and then once, once I started exploring, you know, slightly more classical voices and then I discovered like Pavarotti and Renee Fleming was a big influence for me. And just found that that music was, so awesome and and found that I felt like I my voice was more suited to that than it was to musical theater um and maybe that was part of my training but I kind of did a little bit of musical theater jumped more into opera and now I'm kind of starting to explore singing some musical theater but really mostly just focusing on opera Okay. So, so, uh, sound producer Doug is a, uh, he's in a band and he's a singer. I can sing happy birthday to, <laughs> to my children. So I don't, I don't know that much. What, how is opera singing different from another kind of singing? Sure. I mean, really it's, it's not that different. The basics and the basic mechanics of it are 
are pretty much the same. But when you're looking at like in musical theater, you have microphones in opera, you don't. Oh, so wow. when you're singing in opera, you're using a whole lot more of your body to just produce loud sound. And so you don't necessarily have the ability to have those quiet moments. Um, and there's a bit of different and just like stylistically, you know, when you're singing things like that, but there's there, you know, once you get the basic technique down, you can usually kind of shift it around a bit. Yeah. Why, how do you think, uh, opera connects today? I mean, this is, this is an art form that began, you know, at least a few centuries ago. Right. And why, why do we still perform it today? Absolutely. So I think with pieces, especially like Lucia, when you go back to the story itself, they can really be relatable to current events that are happening. Um, there are many operas that, that can be relatable even now. And then there are also times when you're like, you know, like you look at a piece like The Ring Cycle and you're like, oh, well, that's such a fantasy. But you're like, yeah, but The Ring Cycle is basically Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, just, it's another form of art to, to experience. And I think that there's really nothing like being especially close to opera and a close proximity, which like with this Tacoma Opera production, we're in a very small theater and you can literally feel the voices vibrate in your body when they're really singing. And there's nothing else like that to me. That's really interesting. I, uh, I've been to one opera in my life and I was up in the cheap seats and I had these little mm-hmm. card cardboard opera glasses to, to have a, a view at all. Um, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like this will be like that at all because the Tacoma Opera's performance is going to be uh, at least the first performances at the theater on the square, which seats what, like 300 people? Yeah, I think something like that. And it's super intimate. Um, and there's something about, I mean, even, I would say that even when you go to Seattle Opera, what, there are those moments in the operas where you just become amazed that there's no amplification happening here. That is a human voice and it's just completely acoustic. Um, and not to say that, you know, musical theater doesn't have its own things, but they're just different. Um, they're just different styles. And I think that there's something really powerful about a stripped down human voice. Hmm. What's the life of an opera singer like? I have a bio here for you, and it shows that you have been <laughs> in shows uh, in San Jose, Tulsa, Seattle, mm-hmm. Tacoma, obviously, um, Coeur d'Alene. What, what is that like for you as a as a opera singer on the go? <laughs> you know, I so I probably started singing professionally about eight years ago. That's when I started doing work and making a significant amount of money getting singing jobs. I continued to also have a day job at this time. And then about, I guess, two and a half years ago now, I I went full-time as just being a full-time artist. It's really tough. (laughs) It is really goddamn tough. And I've now come back to it going, you know what? I think I would rather do it on the part-time again. There are many people who do it full-time but the world for arts is, is difficult right now. And you have to have many different side gigs going on all at once. Um, you're traveling often. If you're, you know, under 30, like I am, then you're still trying to be a young artist, which I've always thought is a really silly term. Cause I'm like, <laughs> okay, well I'm not that young, but okay. Um, but you basically go and do a residency with an opera company. You sing in the chorus, you cover some of the bigger roles. You might have a small role. 
So you're picking up and moving your whole life for every three to six months or so, and then coming back and hoping that you have some work. So it's tough. It's a tough, a tough gig to have. And like my best friend, you know, 50 years old and just got engaged and bought a house, but it's still singing. And you just give, you work it out. You do the best that you can with it. But it's also about that, the experience of the performance and getting to share that, that art form that kind of makes it worth it. Yeah. I, I write uh, science fiction and mystery novels, and every time I wish that the sales were high enough that they could support myself, <laughs> I think about T.S. Eliot, who mm-hmm. never gave up his job as a banker. Um, there, there's, right. It's always okay to have to have arts as uh, a side gig to a to a full time job because it's very few mm-hmm. very few artists that can support themselves on their art. I think that that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Absolutely, and I mean, I'm a big advocate for like figure out how you want to make this career work for you mm-hmm. and, and decide on which opportunities you want to do. Um, it took me a long time to do that. I actually, for the first time, turned down work about, I would say, four months ago or so um, mm-hmm. with a company that I really wanted to work with, but it wasn't the right situation. It wasn't the right role that I was excited about. Like It was fine, but it would have been more hassle to take the gig than to not. And turning it down was something I've never done in my whole career, but it was amazingly powerful and just made yeah. me feel like, hey, I can make this what I want it to be. That's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've also, uh, uh, in addition to, to taking other opera-related jobs, you have started your own, um, uh, I don't know if company is the right word or nonprofit, but uh, Opera on Tap in <laughs> Seattle. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So Opera on Tap. Um, I wish I could say I started the whole thing, but it's actually umbrellaed under a chapter that started in New York. Okay. So we get our 501c3 status through the New York chapter, but then each one nationally is run by their own set of people. And I started that, ooh, six, seven years ago? Seven wow. years ago now. That's, a, that's um, really cool. Yeah. I was uh, I was dating a, a, a sound guy and rocker guy so he was spending a lot of, I was a lot of time in bars in Seattle <laughs> um so like in what used to be oh god what was that called it it was it turned into the white rabbit down in Fremont but it was something before that in Toast it was called Toast okay um spent a lot of time there a lot of time at the high dive the blue moon and I went home one night and I was like I don't we sing opera in a bar. I don't know how much I'd had to drink at that point. Because <laughs> I don't know why I would naturally get that idea. But somehow I was like, why is there not an opera show like a rock show in a bar? Started Googling opera bar. Right. And came up with Opera on Tap. And reached out to the headquarters in New York. I said, hey, do you have a Seattle chapter? And they're like, no, we want to start one. I said, fuck yeah, I do. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and Opera on Tap happened, and we've been around for seven years now. I was on the cover of the Seattle Weekly several years ago as our big, like, launching pad, and we've done a monthly show since then, even when I've been gone. Um, I have six additional people who help run it, and, you know, we, we basically come up with a rough theme that we can sort of fit, and if it's kind of cheeky and has some some nice puns to it we we go with that and put together a program of music about an hour and a half for two hours and invite people to come out to the dive and and listen to some opera up close and personal 
I bet the acoustics are quite different than when you're in a in a large grand hall. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, some of them are actually pretty nice. Uh, yeah, we, we recently started singing in Hales, and Hales is great. Um, there are other places where it's a little dead, but you make it work. <laughs> Do you want to give a, a plug for whenever the next Opera on Tap performance is in Seattle? I totally would, but I haven't booked it yet. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, people we're, can check uh, your website. Yeah, there we're on um, operantap.org/seattle. We're also on Facebook, which is more current, and it's just operantap Seattle. So yeah. we have us. I know that our our December show usually happens at the Blue Moon because it's it's perfect. Um, we all kind of dress up and we decorate the stage area, so it kind of looks like an elf threw up. And uh, it's kind of become this annual tradition to have Christmas show at the Blue Moon. That sounds amazing, I have to say. We'll, we'll uh, put some links to, <laughs> to your website and Facebook in the show notes so people can find that. Sweet. I'm curious, um, <laughs> if, if there's a 14-year-old, not at Opera on Tap since that's a bar, but if there's a 14-year-old in the audience of, of the next, you know, this, this opera that's coming up, and they were inspired uh-huh. like you were, what would you recommend they uh-huh. do if they want to pursue that path? Yeah, um, I would say that Number one, find a good teacher. Find a teacher that you really trust. Um, I was with my teacher for, I think, over 10 years and had gone away to college and then came back. I was having a bad time and went back to her. And I kind of got to a point where I feel like I think I learned as much as I could from her, but I still will come back to her with various career things. So having someone who's on your side and kind of getting you into that getting you on a good vocal path is super important. Um, there's actually a lot of great resources in at least Seattle. Um, Seattle Opera has started like a teen vocal studio program, which is great. And then also getting involved in theater. Um, I wish that I would have, I did a lot of theater when I was in high school, directed plays, did plays. And then I kind of stopped as soon as I got out of high school and not until an actor a few years ago, did I come back to the idea of it should be about the drama and about the text hmm. and coming back to it that way was like, Oh yeah. You know, this is, this is the important thing. The music is gorgeous and beautiful and it's going to be that, but play up that text and that drama and learn how to act because that's the thing that they're not going to teach you when you walk into rehearsal. So, yeah. you know, get a good team on your side as soon as you can and then and then just start at it know that it's a tough career but if it's what you love then make it happen yeah okay well uh, we're going to take a quick sponsor break and when we come back we are going to talk about uh, the Tacoma Opera and uh, what you'll be performing this week here this is Nate Bowling host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the Channel 253 network Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines Alaska is our hometown airline. They remember the TAC and SeaTac, if you know what I mean. Just the other day, I saw Alaska running an ad in a local magazine with the tagline, fly like the mountain is out. If Alaska Airlines can be South Sound proud, we can be too, and choose our local airline. I know of people who work at Alaska. I bet you do too. Sometimes I see them when I fly, and sometimes I see them out and about enjoying life in the 253. And what's awesome is Alaska is the best airline around. Local and the best way to fly, that's an easy choice to make. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. 
Okay, welcome back. We are on with Ksenia Popova talking about uh, opera. And this weekend, Tacoma Opera will be uh, performing uh, Lu- Lu- I can't do it. Lucia. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you did. Okay. Lucia. <laughs> Lu- Lucia here in uh, at the Theater on the Square um and you are performing uh, Lucia. Tell me about uh tell me about the the performance and and your character. Oh my gosh. So uh, just don't spoil too much, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, I I will try. I mean, I feel like the promotional stuff kind of give it away. Mm. Um <laughs> but I will say that so Lucia is one of my absolute favorite characters, favorite roles. Um, I first got to do the role as as a cover, basically an understudy down in San Jose. Um, that whole connection happened because I did Romeo and Juliet with Tacoma Opera. The gentleman who played Romeo, he and I became friends. He knew that they needed someone to come cover it down there. And I ended up auditioning and getting the job and fell in love with the role, which is basically based on this um, old Gothic novel, um, Bride of Lammermoor, you have Lucia, who's... Uh, her her mother has died. There's no talk of her father. And her brother is basically trying to force her into a political marriage with, obviously, the wrong guy, because that's how you got your conflict for opera. Right. Um, she gets charged by a, a bolt, a wild boar in the forest, while she's out walking with her lady maid, wow. and gets saved by the tenor. And they instantly fall in love. They start, like, having rendezvous in the middle of the night in the forest. And then one night he gets this crazy idea that let's get married in the forest. And he's like, I have to go away for a bit, political reasons, then I can come back. It'll be official. It'll be great. And she's like, okay, cool. In that time, her brother forges a what I call the bullshit letter, um, which he has his, like, little head hunchman guy be like, just write a fake letter saying that he loves someone else. Brother starts manipulating her, gives her that letter, says, see, he doesn't love you anymore. You got to marry this other guy. And they start the wedding. She signs the contract. She doesn't want to. She's still upset about everything that's happened and signs it. And then, of course, her lover bursts into the wedding. And at that point, she goes crazy. Um, And then later kills the the bridegroom, the guy that that she didn't want to marry. She's gotten crazy pants and, and loses it. And wow. then the tenor also decides that his life is no longer worth anything and then kills himself too. So it's got a little bit of that Romeo and Juliet aspect with a lot of darkness to it. Yes. The, um, which I'm really into. <laughs> the description says that it uh, a bloody and graphic ritual wrapped in heavenly bel canto music. That's quite a contrast of things right there. That's really interesting. <laughs> what what language is, yeah. this, uh, is this performed in? Uh, it's going to be in Italian. Okay. Uh, they do have super titles above the screen, so you can definitely read what's happening. But I would say that with Lucia, like, some operas are really hard to follow and you have to read a lot. This one's pretty pretty easy to follow, especially with Belcanto music, where we're repeating a lot of the same words that we just said, but just in a different flavor. So, you know, even if you're intimidated by, oh, it's like watching a foreign movie, it's like, hmm. Not really, because it's about half the length of text when you when it really comes down to it. Yeah. Okay. How do you prepare to to be you know in, in something like this? Uh, based on how you've described opera, it sounds like it could be you know physically and and emotionally taxing. But if you're using all of your body and it's <laughs> it's high emotional level, 
Uh, what's that like? What uh-huh. is that like as a performer? <laughs> um, it's a lot. I'm really, really, really glad that I've done the role before. Uh, the first time that I sang it, I think I kind of, uh, I may, may have gone into a, a slightly scary dark place myself as a person. No. And I have since learned my, my boundaries a little better. Um, it is, you know, I, I spent a lot of time beyond just learning the music and learning the role, the text, the notes, the basic things that you would do. I spent time researching mental illness and impossible, you know, because we don't know, this was so long ago, but I spent a lot of time researching the illnesses that people would have had, the things that would have happened. You start thinking about, well, she's probably depressed. She probably has some PTSD from the war. And then she has these two male figures that are imposing upon her. So then she breaks and just, and kills this guy. Um, so I, I kind of went down the researching different murders <laughs> This is probably making me sound really weird. <laughs> no, it's 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 just like when an author tries to figure out how to kill someone, they're they're googling weird things that they want no one else to find. Right, right, and that's kind of like I would say. Last night at rehearsal, we decided to um, to bloody the dress, and they wanted to do it while it was on me. So we were talking about, well, if she stabs him like this, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I kind of I spent a lot of time researching different things in that period that would have been affecting her decisions. And a lot of it was the fact that, you know, you look at 18th century um, marriage and that was, it was a political, you know, you're marrying off your piece of property kind of thing. And there weren't that many women that spoke out against it. though there were a few as I found. Um, But when you look at it now, it's like, it's actually a very, very current and, and, you know, relates to a lot of the climate that's happening right now in life as far as being a piece of artwork. Yeah, it absolutely sounds like it's relevant. And it sounds like uh, you've really resonated with uh, the, the the issues around mental health because you have a, outside of Tacoma Opera, but you have a, a recital next year that's about mental health in some way. Uh-huh. Can, do you want to just share a little bit about that as well? Yeah, sure. I, it's still in the works. Um, a friend of mine runs Seattle Art Song Society and he had come up with this whole season. His whole season this year is focusing on different current issues. Um, I believe they just did a queer voices recital. They have one coming up on war and, and previous people who had been involved veterans in war and currently deployed folks. Um, and the one of the recitals was this, this focus on mental health and music because there is that tie in with mental health and art that's, very close and I you know I said I totally want to be on that I love I love the character of Lucia I love the character of Ophelia um in Shakespeare's Hamlet mm-hmm. where it's like you look at how how these women were constrained in that time and what that does to them and it's only now being talked about so I it's something that I kind of feel passionate about and I think it does relate back to the career as well um there was that the Netflix special uh with the comedian that I'm now blanking on the, the name. The, the Hannah Jim K- someone. Oh. Nanette. It was called Nanette. Okay. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. It's a, a female comedian who is, is a queer woman and set out to make a comedy show, but it ends up being something very different. And it's quite beautiful as far as her struggles of, you know, when you assume that someone's a comedian, they're funny all the time. And you're like, no, that's actually not it at all. Um, 
but that translates back into that artist's life of of compartmentalizing and and how you get through things and it's quite fascinating. So we've like in planning this recital also talked about that aspect of things and going back to composers that, that struggled with their own mental illnesses while writing. That's really interesting. Well, and and it it sounds like this really does, uh, as you said, connect to things that we're uh, looking at in in modern day times, because uh, this is definitely Uh an an issue that we are talking about now. And it's interesting to see Uh how, uh, how this was uh, uh, portrayed a couple hundred years ago. The, the show uh-huh. is, again, yeah. is uh, Lucia de Lammermoor, and it's going to be performed at the Theater on the Square this Friday and Sunday, I believe, and then it's going to move to the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center after uh-huh. that. Um, but is there anything else you would like to add about that, uh, Cassinia? Um, You know, I, just, I encourage people to go to the show. It's relatively short for an opera. It's like two and a half hours. Um, it's super fast-paced. It's one of the operas that I, I recommend for people going to their first opera. So come see it. The costumes are gorgeous. The orchestra sounds great. All the singers are sounding awesome. It'll be a good time. That, that's a, a pretty great sell. I'm intrigued. Okay. Yay! <laughs> well, thank you again for uh, joining us for We Art Tacoma, and uh, we will see you in town for, uh, for the opera. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Cassinia. Uh, thank you again, Cassinia, for that uh, really interesting interview. And uh, if you are in Tacoma or Federal Way, I hope you can uh, find tickets. That was really engaging, wasn't it, Doug? Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, I think people think of opera as stuffy or something. Here's a young, vivacious, potty mouth <laughs> woman who, who, who makes it uh, – if, if she doesn't turn you on to it, nothing will. And, and having seen opera, opera is like rock and roll. I mean, it's a it's – a, it's a fantastic, uh, explosive, loud, emotional, big thing, and uh, it's a blast. I saw you nodding along a little bit when she was talking about the life of an opera singer. It sounds like it might mirror the life of a, of, uh, of a band member as yeah, well. Yeah, being on the road, it sounds like she has to relocate for weeks at a time, which would be a taxing thing. That would be hard, yeah. yeah. Again, uh, the show is coming up at Tacoma Opera. We'll have links in the show notes. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's our episode. Thanks, everyone. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.